you may be seated. Um, as you sit down, go ahead and find Joshua 24. We're going to be there in a few minutes. And I'd like to have a few of the young men, if they would, come up here and help me with some handouts. Peter, Jackson, Sean, you can guys come up here and help me. Brother Gerald, the standing up. My mic's on here. We good? Okay. All right. So these young men are going to come around. Everybody should have a calendar and then another um, piece of paper there that has a Bible reading schedule on it. So our evening service every Vision Sunday will present the theme in the morning. And then at the evening service, we got a little devotion here um, as we go through just a vision for the year. Uh, but it is going to be somewhat more of a of a casual service over the years as we, I just share the vision, what the Lord's laid on our heart for this next year. I uh, give you the calendar. hope it's an exciting uh, time or continue to grow as an exciting time uh, year by year. And as they're passing those out again, I just want to thank you for your love to us and the, the trip this morning. That we're all excited about that. I think we're taking it the last uh, week of March, that Monday through Friday there. And so we're going to have a countdown, especially with the kids. Looking forward to that. Everybody have two? I think we have enough for everybody to have one if they want one. We need Miss Kitty needs a Bible reading schedule. Should have two different ones. If you got if all you have is a calendar, raise your hand. If all you have is a calendar. So whoever has the one with the Bible verses, everybody with their hand up needs one of those. So why don't you guys get some of those from Peter there, Jackson. Got a couple more up here, Jack. Get these people, and then who does not have a calendar? Is there anybody that's missing a calendar? We need two calendars here. Does everybody have two? Everybody have two? If you don't have two, keep your hand up. Calendar here, is that what we need? Okay, calendar right here. It's pretty entertaining to watch, watch all this chaos happening. All right, Joshua 24, we're going to read just our, our theme verse here for the year, verse 15. It says, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let's go ahead and, and pray together. Lord, we love you. God, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your power and the blessing he is to be here tonight. Lord, I pray you be with our time here. Uh, Lord, sharing the vision for the church, the calendar for the year, and Lord, what you have for us. Just bless uh, us with a great evening, and I pray that you'd be honored and glorified in all that's said and done. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are a year in, and I was just thinking, I saw a post come up on Facebook that I posted one year ago, and it was the Saturday night before our very first Sunday, and I'm thinking of all the preparations that went into that day, how excited we were, and I'm just excited now to be your pastor here a year in and looking forward to just continuing on uh, year by year, uh, growing with you. And preaching, preaching the word of God each week. And uh, as we look back, you know, we look back on this last year, we praise God for a lot of things. And praise him for what he's done, some certain people he's brought in, people that have been saved, people that have gotten closer to the Lord over the year. And as we look back, some things that happened, we expected. And some things that uh, happened, we possibly didn't expect. And as we think about our church body, and you may look at your life, uh, some things that have happened over the last year, there's been some, some that have 
uh, been through a process of healing over this last year at one point or another. There's some that uh, maybe just got back where they needed to be or some recovered uh, from different things in their life. And as a church, I believe we've recovered from uh, somewhat of a loss during the COVID time. I know uh, that was a hard season for many churches to recover from. And as we've, we've gotten back from that, we're, 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 we're back, have th- things going on again at the church. And, and uh, you've also gotten to know me and my family. And uh, anytime there's change, there's uh, different decisions that are made, different personality, uh, different way of doing things or saying things. And so a year in, you're getting more used to me, and I'm also getting more used to you. And as your pastor, it is my desire, I said this uh, 12 months ago, it is my desire for this church to grow. And it's my desire for us to reach the community, to bring people in, to disciple others. And from the moment that we came here, uh, I've, I've mentioned it several times over the last year. The moment that we came, we landed, we landed here in Midland, and uh, there was a, a pricking in my heart uh, for my family to be here in Midland, even really before meeting you all. And we saw the need that was there, and, and I think I've mentioned I, I, we got <laughs> off the plane, and we were there in baggage claim, and, and as I'm getting our bags, I see this, this guy in, in, Jean, in bib overalls standing there, and he begins to talk to me and says, what are you doing here? And I said, well, uh, we're coming here to possibly... Uh, come to a new church. I'm called to be a pastor, and then God maybe bring us here. And he goes, he goes, well, I'm a pastor. And he goes, I'm telling you, if you think you can come here and grow a church, you got your mind wrong. And he said, it doesn't happen here anymore. And I said, well, thank you for the encouragement. That's, that's, that's very helpful. And, uh, but as that happened, I'm also thankful. And as, as many of you may have experienced someone saying something similar to that in your past, um, that's not up to me, is it? It's not up to you, it's up to God. And what we have to do, what I have to do, is obey him. What I have to do is preach the Bible, what I have to do is be the witness I need to be. What you need to do is be obedient to the word of God. And decide every day to follow Jesus, decide every day to live for him. And, and it, I definitely know that God can, and, and I believe he is going to do something here. And I have a vision of, of, of things in the future for this church, and and as, as we continue to press on for the Lord, things that uh, hopefully in the near future we can continue to, to move forward and, and progress and see God do some great things here. I have a burden for this place. I have a burden for this community. And I, I, I don't just want this church to grow for me. I've been called to be a pastor since I was, uh, in my te- as, uh, since I was a teenager. I knew that's what God wanted me to do, and I, I've had... Uh, dreams and wondered one day what that would be like and you think of of all these different things what's going to happen I want it I don't just want it for me Uh, I I want it for my family I want my kids to see God do something I want it for you as a church many of you have been here many years and and you have a desire to see God do something here I want to see seeds that have been planted for years begin to grow and 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 take root and I, I truly believe the greatest years of Southwest Baptist Church are ahead of us and there's great things in store but we need to from time to time ask ourselves the questions why do we want that is is our church growing a good thing to want yes we should all desire for our church to grow Uh, God did not call us to be a commune and to just huddle together and and protect what we have we are to go and reach the world we are to bring others in and disciple those that's not what he's called us to do but it's a good thing to want the church to grow, but why do we want it? We need to, we need to make sure and, and assess our, our heart and mind every year that our motives are where they need to be. And I'm reminded of a phrase that we find several times in the Word of God. One time we find it in particular in the, in the uh, scriptures of David and Goliath. David went there and he said, is there not a cause? He began to see there was a need. Someone had to stand up against a giant. If they didn't, they were going to be destroyed. And Satan looked at, and Satan, David looked at Goliath, and David was there speaking. And he said, this, this day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand. And I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beast of the earth. Was Goliath being defeated a good thing to want? Yes. But there are many men on the battlefield that would have dreamed about that happening and there would have been different motives involved in that happening, right? Are you with me there? Some would have wanted just to be the big bad soldier that took down the giant. 
Some would have wanted the advancement that would come from something like that. Some would want the perks that could come or just to be called a hero or as David had the songs written about them. There would be many different motives in that happening. But David's motive, we can be fine there at the end of verse 46. He says, I want, I, I want all this to happen. I'm going to conquer you. He said that all the earth may know that there's a God in Israel. The motive behind what David was doing was so that people would recognize their creator God and that it was him that delivered the Israelites from the giant. So the, the idea to want great things to happen is a wonderful thing. But we should want great things to happen here in this church. We should want God to see many souls saved people come to this church so that all of Midland and Odessa and beyond can know that there's a God. There's a God that's in control. There's a God that loves them. There's a God that sent his son to die for them. That's where our motives need to be. We need to do more things for God and, and take steps of faith for God to, to, so more people can know what our God is capable of. You know, as, as we said, we had open house just a couple months ago now, and I believe with all my heart that God is doing something great here. And it's my desire for more people to come in and for you to invite more people and for us to reach people so they can come and see God is doing something good in this church. And I've knocked on many doors this year, as many of you have as well. And as we knock on doors, I, the more doors I knock on, the more that I'm convinced that God is going to do something here. There's a, there's a great need for, for churches that are preaching the Bible and, and sharing the gospel that aren't just meeting together and having social clubs that aren't just meeting together and, and just making everybody feel good, but sometimes that are preaching things that don't make you feel good. You know, God has something special in store for this place. As we began... Last, just a year ago, gave an analogy uh, that when something is being built, usually there's a blueprint there that is followed so it can be properly built. And the desired blueprint for Southwest Baptist Church is not me coming to you with these new ideas or things to draw on a crowd, and, and it's not either us just purposing to continue to do things the old way either it's not about a certain method or clever ideas or shallow things that may bring people in the blueprint that we that we are sticking to and the blueprint that we must have as a church is the word of God the Bible must be the blueprint for this church and it shows us how Christians should live and what a biblical church looks like that's what we need to follow that's what we're going to preach that's what we're going to live by Jesus is the foundation of this church he is going to build the church and healthy churches follow the blueprint. We just need to be, as we spoke about this morning, obedient, make a decision. I, I can think back over the last 12 months, and I have no doubt in my mind that there have been times, maybe in all of your minds, maybe multiple times, that you may wonder what I'm doing. <laughs> or what I'm thinking, or why, why there's a certain focus here, or why this certain thing was said. And possibly some, some may think that Maybe there's uh, something that's been spoken of or brought up that might be a little excessive in a certain area or not enough in another area. And you maybe, maybe we look at our schedule or some things we did last year and you would be like, well, that worked, but that didn't work. And I'm going to tell you, over the uh, rest of my life here in Midland, there's probably going to be many things we do as a church that might not work as well as others, okay? But I want to I ensure to you tonight that everything that... Uh, we have on this calendar, um, everything that we try to implement here in the church, everything we were preaching about, everything that we are doing, every activity from the top down to the bottom is all done with the purpose of glorifying God, reaching people, and helping build you up. That, that's the goal. And as we, as we schedule things, we look, I look at that, those, those three things, that criteria. If it's not accomplishing one of those things, we're not going to do it. That, that's, that's the goal of this church, and as we schedule things and as we move forward, uh, that's what we are trying to do in everything that we do here to bring honor and glory to the Lord, to reach other people, to help you. And I've said early on, I've said several times this year, I just want to ask you, if you would, as long as I stay doctrinally sound and morally pure, I just want to ask if you would continue to follow my leadership as your pastor. And I'm thankful for Pastor Gunner and how he, how he uh, held himself and 
and how you respected him, and I'm thankful for how you've uh, respected uh, me as well, being much younger than Pastor Gunner. Not better looking, but much younger at least. You know, we preached our theme this morning, I have decided. We just read there, verse 15, and you know, as I've been thinking over that text the last couple months, it is my desire to conduct the operations at the church to bring everyone that comes in this door to a decision. Every Sunday, we are preaching for a decision, whether it's simply just to acknowledge God more or to cut something out of our life, to add something in. It's my desire to to preach for decisions to be made and to uh, encourage you to, to make decisions for the Lord in your life and for then you to encourage other people to make decisions for the Lord in their life. First of all, in salvation. I'm, I'm, we are going to preach the gospel. Um, every chance we get, even if I know, every, every, I look at the crowd often and I know every, I've, I've heard a testimony from many of you or I, I know you've been to church for a certain amount of time, you were saved at a young age, whatever it may be. We're going to preach salvation. We're going to preach the gospel. It's good for us to remember it and be thankful for it, but it's also good for us to be reminded of the need for it to be spoken of. But I'm also going to preach for decisions and spiritual growth and and this year it's it's my desire uh, for all people that step foot in this place to be helped come to a place to decide to serve God in several different ways and I'm gonna I'm gonna lay some of these out for you it's my desire to lead this church to decide first of all to continue to move forward in the area of soul winning we look at the Bible it's really not something we can avoid. It's not something we can talk ourselves out of or decide not to do. It's pretty clear in the New Testament that every Christian is to share the gospel. We have several different commands that we can look to. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We can look at the book of Acts there in the first century church. And Jesus spoke to them. He said, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses of me. Jesus one of the last messages he delivered to those that he was speaking to, his last message was to give the gospel. And as a church, it's my desire to live in a way where his last message is my first priority. And for this church, for the last message that Jesus gave us to be your first priority. And I've heard Paul Chapel say it many things that we need to keep the main thing the main thing. And as a church, if, if we ever lose our focus of soul winning, or if, we, if I ever lose my focus in preaching or encouraging you to, to witness to other people, we're off track. He's commanded us to do it. We must continue to have an influence and to, and to move forward in the area of soul winning. The next area is discipleship. You know, next Sunday morning, during the Sunday school hour, we are prepared to begin a discipleship book with all those that are in attendance for Sunday school. And our goal is for those that are in Sunday school, we're going to go through this book. We have about 13 weeks of it. We're going to go start to finish. Many things you might already know. I've introduced some of those to, to the Sunday school classes already, just telling you what discipleship's about. But we're going to go through this. And it's our, it's our desire and the plan is, as we go through this with all the people in attendance, when we finish, then all of you that are part of that will then uh, have the privilege to then possibly disciple someone else in the future. And it's my desire as pastor for there to be multiple times throughout the week where people can use our facilities here and you can meet with a new Christian or a, uh, a, new, a new church member or a new attendee of the church or uh, someone you're just trying to witness to and be able to go through that same curriculum with them, disciple them, help them understand who God is and, 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 and what it is to be a Christian. So many churches, so many, so many people stop at, after witness, witnessing. We, we can look at Matthew chapter 28, he says, Go you therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. We know we are to go out, we are to teach them, and so they can go out and teach others. So then they can go out and teach others. That's the cycle we need to continue. Someone discipled me, and it's my desire to disciple others. Someone discipled the person that discipled me. If we don't continue that cycle, eventually we're, the church will just continue, and the Christians will just continue to dwindle and dwindle. I would love, I can't, I can't wait for, it could even just be few, several months down the road where we're to walk in this building and to, and to know of church members that have been meeting here during the week, uh, discipling people, praying with them, helping them grow in the Lord. What an awesome thing that would be. Would that be something you'd like to see? Amen. We want to disciple 
not just those that are newly saved or new attendees. We want to be able to continue to teach our children what the Bible says. And last Easter, I believe, right, right before Easter, we started junior church back up. And, and our Sunday school classes have continued to go, for, go for forward as they have in the past. It's our desire for the kids as they come here for there to be something for them. And I, and I promise you, as we take the children to the other building or we have them in a Sunday school class, we are not killing time. It's not babysitting hour. It's time for them to know what the Bible says. And, and we are going to continue to do, uh, to move forward with that very purpose, to teach the children of this church the stories of the Bible, who God is, what, he- what heaven is, what hell is, what it is to be saved. That's our desire. Wednesday nights, we're continuing to do that. This year, we're going to move forward in our children's ministry. We're going to have a vacation Bible school. We'll see that on the calendar here in just a bit. I also want to start having some spiritual uh, leadership sessions. And, and I promise you, I'm very respectful of your time. And I'm not looking to just bring people here every night of the week. We, we have no desire or intention to do that. But hopefully, here in a month or so, we're going to start having little 30-minute so sessions, possibly before a PM service or, or sometime where you're already on your way here or coming here. And we'll have these different things that are going to help you as leaders in the church to, to be able to help other people as they come in, uh, go over some things that will be a help to you. I promise it will be beneficial for those that come. Another focus that we're going to move forward in and that we are decided on is the aspect of prayer. And it was something I'd, I'd never been part of in, in my life, but over the, over the year, there were two, two different times that we had a service where we focused simply on praying. If you remember, I didn't really preach a full message. We had different categories of prayer. We read some verses, and I encourage you to focus on a specific aspect of prayer and, and for those few moments. And I, I praise the Lord for those times. I'm thankful for what God did in my heart, and I, I know it's helped to many of you, and I, I want to continue to have a focus certain times of the year as, as the Lord may lead for us to do that very same thing. We're going to continue our men's prayer meeting and the ladies as they have, they're going to continue to pray in and, and, and their Bible study times. Uh, prayer and fasting month is something we introduced to the church in October and we're planning to continue that every October and, and usually we'll be praying towards a big day for God to do a work during that time. We're going to, we are decided on missions and uh, in, in March we're going to have another World Missions Month and and during that, we're, we're going to hear from three different missionaries. Two are going to come to us. And one of them, as we did last year, we're going to have a missionary from Thailand that's going to be preaching to us from Thailand over the uh, screen here behind me. We support 15 missionaries now. We added three last year. We're looking to add two or three again this year. Another thing I've decided on is to build community uh, here in our church. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, we, we go to this often on, on church attendance and, and not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, but uh, we don't just come to church because we're commanded to come to church. He, G, Jesus, God, designed the church for your benefit, uh, not just something where the pastor can keep tabs on the people or so you can prove your Christianity. There are actual benefits to us being here uh, together, and we, we look in Hebrews chapter 10, he says, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Is there anybody in here that finds the world easier to live in as the days go by? Anybody? Is it easier? Less temptation? Less battles? No. The church is designed for you. First of all, so you can give God the praise due unto his name, but second, for your benefit. So you can be encouraged by the word of God as it's preached, and you can be around other believers, other people seeking to please God with their life that have decided to live for him, and you can be encouraged by them. Then you can encourage them in, in return. And it's, it's, my, it's my desire for us as a church to continue to, to build that community and for us to have good fellowship for our kids uh, to have other good, good kids from Christian families they can uh, have fellowship with and spend time with for our, our teenagers, for young adults, for our married individuals, for our seniors, uh, to have opportunities to fellowship with other Christians. It is a help to you, I promise you. And because of those reasons, I want to encourage you, don't forsake the assembly. You need each other. You need each other's prayers. You need each other's encouragement. You need each other's fellowship. You have opportunities from the young all the way up. I'm excited about the things we're doing with, with, our, with our, 
junior church and elementary age with VBS coming up. We're, we're going to uh, hopefully have interns this year that are going to go out as we get ready the last week of June there. And we're going to go bring other kids in and hopefully reach their families. We're going to have those times available for you. Our teenagers, we have youth nights and we're looking to do a little more there uh, here before too long. But we also have rallies, four scheduled rallies this year uh, that I know there's going to be good preaching intended for your teenagers from sixth grade all the way up. But they're also going to see teenagers they've never met before from other churches that are serious about God as well. Or at least their parents are serious about it and sending them to the rallies. And it's good for our young people to see other young people that are under the same preaching in a church of like faith with the same goals in mind. It is encouraging to them. And, and, and also with our camp this year, we're going to be going to camp with the same people we're doing the rallies with. It's going to be an awesome thing. We have things for our adults, for our men's. We have men's fellowships. We're going to uh, also do three separate men's nights during the year to just have a good time of fellowship with the men and boys of the church. We have a, a father-son camp out coming up uh, at, near the end of the year. Thanks for the women, the retreats, the conferences. We have a, a marriage weekend that we did have scheduled for November that we've moved to March. We, we want to see people discipled. We want to, to build community here in the church. And this still somewhat fits under the category of discipleship. But it's my desire, and, I, and I've decided as a pastor to lead for not just discipleship of new people coming in, but for there to be growth in every member's personal relationship with God. Um, you are not close to God right now as you can get. I'm going to admit as your pastor, I'm not as close to God right now as I can get. It's a journey with a long way to go. And there's some things that I, I desire to do as pastor and, and lead in that, that I, I truly believe is going to help our families. If you remember, I sent a letter to all the members back I believe in July, and on that letter, uh, we asked for uh, certain people to consider giving money for our intern. We were able to uh, help him get a car. And another thing I mentioned on that was Sunday school. And with Sunday school, um, the year 2020, uh, in many churches across America, killed the Sunday school program. And uh, you, you can Google it online. You will find article after article. Um, of what happened, and, and you'll, you'll see headlines, is Sunday school dead, question mark. That, that's what many people are asking. And uh, we look in the Bible, um, Peter, pastoring there, did not establish a Sunday school class. Uh, we don't find any other disciples doing it. It's not commanded that we are to have Sunday school before our Sunday morning service. It's something that uh, preachers and other men years ago, back in the early 1900s, they established, and it was a help. It had great benefits. And I, and I want to ask members, I, I am never going to be the kind of pastor to guilt trip anybody that I don't see in Sunday school. Why aren't you here? You need to be here. You need to be in your place. I expect you. I'm, I'm not going to do that. But it's a burden the Lord's laid on my heart that I want to share with you tonight. And I want to ask you to consider joining us for Sunday school. From young ages all the way up, we're looking to uh, implement a, a Sunday school nursery here. Um, we have a couple people who are looking to approach about that, where, we, where when more, more people come in, we had several problems during the summer where people come in with babies. We had to grab people real quick and get them, get them there uh, so somebody could watch their kids so then they could go to Sunday school. I want to have that available. And then from all the way up, we're going to have something available for the kids. Uh, we established a college class during the summer. That was a great benefit, and we're looking to uh, not let that die off. We're looking to keep that going here as, as we have the need for it. Uh, I, I, it is my desire to start a... a uh, married Sunday school class, young married, and be able to give that to somebody eventually. And then for me, my, my goal as pastor is to have a new member Sunday school class. That's what I want to do. And as we get to that need, as we get to that place, we'll be able to do that. But in the meantime, uh, Sunday school is a great opportunity. And I have several different, different things for you. I have, uh, let me see here, seven points on why Sunday school is important. And each of them are about 10 minutes long. So let's get to the first one here. Very quickly. Uh, Sunday school offers Bible training for all members of the family. Every age, we have something for them. There's something ready for your children, something ready for the teenagers, something for the adults. Um, Sunday school, secondly, promotes four aspects that lead to assimilation. It's a fancy word there. That is, people that come into the doors of the church, it gets them involved with a certain group 
where they begin to be part of something. And research has shown that effective assimilation occurs when a church offers relationships, involvements, expectations, and teaching and preaching. And a, a Sunday school class will have all four of those elements. And through that, people get involved, people get plugged in. Third thing, it provides systematic, intentional Bible study for attenders. Um, my philosophy with Sunday school, and I've talked about it with our teachers, is that the church, as pastor I lead, we, as a church, we provide curriculum. And uh, there's, there's certain times where the Terry and Brother David today, they, they did their own thing. But most of the time, we have a book that we are, a Sunday school curriculum we are moving forward together that the Lord has laid on my heart that, is, that I believe is going to be a help and benefit to all the members. And, and that's, that's the goal with that. It's, it's intentional Bible study to be a help to you. Fourth thing, it builds relationships in the church. That's part of number two there. But the small group structure of a Sunday school class with just a group of other uh, church members, it, it connects families together, and those people become the glue of the church. It opens the doors for many to serve. Uh, through Sunday school, we're able to find out who, who wants to take another step in, in the church and, and help in a certain ministry or fill in, in a certain class. There's, there's great things that happen from that. It contributes to the church's discipleship strategy. And as a church looking to disciple people, as they come to Sunday school, they're going to, uh, I don't think uh, an extra 40 minutes in the Bible has ever hurt anybody. It only makes us know more about the Lord, and it's, it's good in the area of growth. And, and then the last thing, it provides one more avenue of evangelism. And historically, Sunday school was established for the sole purpose of evangelism. D.L. Moody, I spoke about him this morning, he was saved because of Sunday school. They invited him to a Sunday school class, not even a church service. He was saved through that. And then the rest is history in his life there. But that's not really what it's gotten to today. But I've, I've seen many instances where someone has visited the church, especially uh, younger people, college students or young singles. And they, they've started to realize it's time for them to make decisions for themselves and to know what they believe or why they believe it. Do they believe God or not? And they'll come to a church, they'll get plugged into Sunday school, and then we've seen them saved. Church, I have a, I have a great burden for this. There is a lot that we can do. There's many people that we can reach. There's many people we can help. And I, and I want to ask you, with, with everything we're doing at the church, the more people that we have involved and plugged in in these things right now, the more that we can accomplish with it. As visitors come in, if, if, we, if we are here together and, and visitors come into Sunday school, which has happened many times over the year, they'll see a group of people that are serious about uh, being, being part of these things, just the good fellowship, the friendships that are there. It is only a help to us as we look to grow this church. And I'm not going to force anybody to do this. I'm not going to pressure you again. I'm, I'm bringing it up right now. But I just want to ask every one of you, if you would, prayerfully consider being part of this. Another thing that we are adding is an organized um, devotional type of study that we can go through as a church family. And you say, well, I do my own Bible reading. That's wonderful. And I'm, I want you to continue doing that. But I handed you this piece of paper there, if you would look at it. If you look at the bottom here, there's a four-letter acronym for the word SOAP. And that word SOAP, it spells scripture, observation, application, and prayer. And this is something that uh, is, is many people have done in the past. It's been a help to them. And if you look here, there's this, this first one is just three weeks uh, during the weekdays. And with that, it's normally about 10 verses a day, sometimes less, sometimes more. And with this, with this, with this process, what, what we would encourage you to do, and we want to invite you to do it, and, and it, I think it would be good for many of you to do together and talk about it if, if you ever wanted to, but for each of you to, to start your day or to finish your devotions with just five minutes here in one of these scriptures, you have a notepad, and, and we look here, the first thing with scripture, and we look at that S, what verse or section stands out to you from this passage? The simple act of rereading, writing it out, meditating on it will give you a moment to consider what the Holy Spirit is showing you and allow God's truth to sink in. This, what, what I'm doing here, what I'm giving you is, is something that I think will help you in terms of Bible study. Um, I think if we're all honest, there's been many times where we read the Bible, we close it, we walk away, and we're like, what did I just read? I don't remember a thing about it. And sometimes less is more. So I want to encourage you and lead in this way. Um, if, if it's something you're interested in, to read it, find one verse from that passage. One verse, one thought, a half a verse, write it down, and then go through the rest of these things. Observation, what stood out in the passage? What have you noticed you didn't notice about before? What is the Holy Spirit revealing to you from that? Then letter A, application. 
consider how you could apply that truth to your life. And then maybe write that down. Is there something the Holy Spirit's putting on your heart to change? Is there anything that you feel led to do? Apply it. And then what we must do every time we read the Bible, every time we're, in, we're doing our devotions, every time we're in church, is pray about what you've read. Now the Holy Spirit's leading you. If the Lord convicts you of something or you need to add something that your attitude needs to change, Lord, help me fix this. Lord, help me change this. Lord, help me add this on. Lord, help me to be faithful to just to continue on for you and then pray for yourself, pray for others, and pray for the church. And so we have this three-week plan. What I'm going to do, and we're going to have this, and every time one should be over, um, on that next Sunday, we'll have more available in the lobby. We'll have them printed out. I may announce it from time to time that it's there and available for you. Um, but I'm, I'm not going to ask people to bring their notebooks, say who has something they want to read from their journal, nothing like that. It's just something we're giving you extra that can help you, um, if you if you desire to use it, okay? It's my desire through those things, through Sunday school and this, this SOAP uh, devotional uh, program for you to continue to grow in your relationship with the Lord. All right, so now let's get to the calendar for the year. We're almost done here. As we look here throughout the year again, everything we are doing is for the, the sole purpose of reaching people, discipling, encouraging you, and giving God glory. So we look here in January. January is somewhat of a normal month. We look here in, in January 27th. Uh, we have our first youth rally. Dave Delaney is going to be preaching to us. He's coming in on a Friday night. On Saturday, he's preaching to all the teens that are going to be here. We're going to have lunch available for them. And uh, please, please make sure your teenagers are here and encourage your teenagers to bring other teenagers with them. We're going to have some gift card giveaways, a uh, good time of fellowship. And I promise you, anybody, whether they've been in church before or not, is going to love Dave Delaney. I promise you that they will really like him. They'll be helped. Um, he is very good at communicating with teenagers. And then we look here at, at that next day, on that Sunday, we're going to have a refresh Sunday, uh, revival Sunday, whatever you want to call it, with Dave Delaney. And so he's going to preach Sunday morning and Sunday night. But also I've asked him, um, I, I heard over the last summer a uh, seminar somewhat that he did on gender and the biblical view to gender and, and the gender problem that we have in our society. And it was a, one of the most helpful, um, insightful lessons on that I've, I've ever heard. I asked him to do that in our Sunday school hour. And so but that's something good to invite people to. Make sure you're there uh, for that on the 28th. February, uh, we have, I think they're taking a break in ladies' Bible study until February. Um, we also are going to have a men's meeting at the church that next week. Uh, we're going to have three this year. The first one will be in February. And then we're going to have a chili cook-off. Last year we did the chili cook-off in the evening. This year we're going to try it at 1 p.m. Okay, we're going to see how it works. And then we'll go from there. Okay, uh, March is World Missions Month. Um, and with that, I already told you, in November, uh, we moved our couples weekend from November to March. We're going to start off March with, with uh, James King. He's going to be here with us. And with this, it's going to be something that we are going to do here in-house um, Friday night. We are going to have uh, the fellowship hall ready to go. Uh, we're going to have uh, gift cards and giveaways for those that are, that are in attendance. Um, this is not going to be a, a fluff uh, marriage seminar, lovey-dovey thing. It's going to be something helpful to you, I promise. And uh, James King, I've known him. Hallie's known him her whole life. I've known him for, uh, I think, uh, 17 years now. And uh, with that, it, he's going to be a help to you. Uh, but Friday night, we're going to meet together. We're going to have fun. Uh, we're going to have an activity afterwards. And with that, we're going to have teenagers of the church that are trying to raise money for camp uh, that are going to be here ready to babysit if need be. Um, as long as we need them on Friday night. And then Saturday morning, we're going to come back uh, mid-morning here and have a few more sessions, a good time of fellowship, and then he's going to preach for us all day Sunday. And if you are a married couple here, I want to encourage you, please mark those dates. I promise it'll be a help to you. If you come and you hate it, I'll never invite you to one again, okay? All right, then the, next, the second weekend of March is Men's Advance Roswell. And uh, the men that, the preachers that I met with, about the youth rally when we met, where they also decided we wanted to start a men's conference that is closer to us than the one we had, had always been going to. That one is uh, six and a half hours away or so. We went to that last year. It's a great help to us. Um, but they've, they've got another one. We've got two preachers coming to it in Roswell, about half uh, the trip. 
and uh, teenagers all the way up will be able to go to that. And then Easter Sunday, um, the last Sunday of March. Uh, in April, Ice Cream Social, and good time, we're looking forward to a good time of fellowship there. Was Lila the winner last year? Is that right? Lila won it. Not with the lavender ice cream. Cookie dough, right? Yeah. Uh, if you weren't there for that, put it on your counter. It was a great time. Uh, another youth rally. This one's going to be in Lubbock. So every few months we'll have another youth rally. This one will be at Bethany Baptist with Brother Dan Preston in Lubbock. And then uh, that following weekend we have Spring Revival with uh, Brother Tyler Gillett all day Sunday and Brother Tim Rabin Monday through Wednesday. And one of the things that was asked to me uh, by Brother Terry and, and one other person when we first got here is, can we have revival? And uh, that is a hard thing for a pastor to refuse to give church members asking for that. And so we, we scheduled one about a year out and uh, just looking forward to a good revival meeting uh, month, Sunday through Wednesday, uh, April into May. Okay, in May... Uh, we are going to have the Saturday before Mother's Day, a mother-daughter day. Uh, it's possibly going to be a breakfast or something like that. My wife is working on the plans, but it is that day, and it'll be a good time. Mother's Day service the following day. In June, we have our teen camp, and uh, we're going to go to camp with the same people we are doing the rallies with. Um, we're going to go to Shreveport, Louisiana. Uh, it's a very high-quality camp, great facilities, and we're going to drive there for that. And so plan also on the, on the, I believe that would be the ninth on that Sunday, uh, for us to have service, lunch, and a camp send-off again, just as we did uh, this last summer for our teenagers, okay? Uh, Father's Day, and then the last, mark this on your calendar, the last week of June is Vacation Bible School. And with that, um, as many people that are able to help uh, with setup, snacks, uh, taking care of kids, the, the more the better there, I want to encourage you to to. to to pray about, consider being a part of that. And then we're also, right now, we're still in the midst with the, with the camp that we're going to this year. Last year, we went to a combo camp. This year, we're going to one just for teenagers. And then we're at, I'm right now working on an option for our junior campers. So I know they really loved that last year. We don't want them to miss it again. But I'm just weighing the options right now on what we do. As soon as we have that date, I'll give it to you. In July, um, we're going to have Family Month. How many of you enjoyed Family Month last July? It was an awesome time. Great month. And uh, during that, every weekday, uh, uh, every midweek service is moved from Wednesday to Tuesday. And we're going to continue that every year. And one of, the one of the purposes in that, to give families more opportunity for little trips if they wanted to. Um, but also, we're able to get some speakers in from the area uh, that aren't not, don't have to miss a service to come preach for us that week. And so I have a couple of men I've already talked to about that. Uh, one of them, we're, we're um, oh, I'm drawing blank. Brother Andrew Stoddard, Stoddard. Uh, we're going to have him come one of those Tuesday nights. It's been a while since he's been here, and uh, he's going to preach one of those for us. And a couple, couple other men, my, my brother-in-law, Adam Garber, who came in um, when we were not here yet and filled in a Sunday, he's going to be with us one of those days. Um, at least those two, maybe one more. And then if we look here, July 7th, uh, God and Country Sunday. Uh, there's a retired command sergeant named Archie Davis. He had one of the most successful uh, combat missions during the uh, war Iraqi freedom and uh, he is going to be preaching for us all day on July 7th and uh, Jackson has made uh, known to me many times that his favorite preacher is not his dad but it is Archie Davis and uh, he's, an, he's an exciting exciting fella and I know it'll be an encouragement to you it'll be also be something good to get some veterans to uh, they would really enjoy being here for that Sunday um, if you look here at August uh, men and boys camp out there in the middle of August on a Friday and Saturday night looking to go uh, two or three hours away here, just fathers and sons and any other men that wanted to come on that for a good time of fellowship. Uh, another youth rally at the, the end of August um, in September. Uh, we're looking to have a Labor Day picnic here at the church. And then we are going to do First Responder Sunday this year. Last year that was something uh, that we scratched off the calendar just with the busyness. We, we are not going to do anything here that we are not going to do well. And so as busy as we were and as, as stretched as we were, uh, we decided to uh, not have that. But we, it, is, it is a great um, thing to build relationships with those of the community and a great outreach Sunday. So we're going to definitely make sure we do that um, here. And then one other thing we want to have for our teenagers 
is a teen retreat. And so possibly in September we're going to do this. It's uh, to be determined right now, but I'm putting it here so you are aware. We are looking to have a little one-night uh, getaway for our teenagers where they're going to be have a good time of fun together, do some fun stuff, also be preached to uh, during that time. Uh, we're planning on an October prayer and fasting month. Uh, ladies retreats on the calendar there again for that first weekend of October. And then the last Sunday of October, uh, we're going to have a uh, guest preacher that day, R.B. Willette. And if you remember, um, I had you praying for the, this preacher. He's one that uh, one, one of the greatest preachers of, of his generation, I believe. He's um, in his 70s now, uh, but he's had throat cancer for several years. Uh, he just had his, his voice box removed about two months ago. And so I was just texting him about a month ago. They're supposed to put his artificial one in, and uh, the doctor told him he's going to be good to go in just a couple months. So I don't know what he's going to sound like when he's here, but I know no matter how he sounds, he's going to be a help to you. And I want to encourage you to, to plan on being here the last uh, Sunday of October. And then if you remember, we had open house the last Sunday of October uh, this, this last year. Um, this year with Prayer and Fasting Earth, we have four Sundays in October that we're going to focus on prayer and outreach. And then the first Sunday of November, uh, we're going to have a Harvest Sunday. And with this, we're going to bring people in from the community. We're going to have hay rides, um, a meal provided. Uh, and we are going to do a um, public cornhole tournament. And we're going to have prizes for that. So no, normal, no in-house cornhole tournament this year. We're going to do something where we invite as many people in as we can uh, for that. It's going to be a great time. Okay? So plan on, uh, please, please, please. Mark November 3rd off in your calendar. Make sure you're here on that day. And we will not have a regular scheduled evening service uh, that night. Uh, my wife was, uh, many, many ladies have spoken about a Christmas shopping trip. So we had this tentatively scheduled. She's going to speak to the ladies about this uh, during Bible studies for here for a while to find out what's best for you. Uh, but we're possibly going to have a ladies Christmas shopping trip there in November. Uh, Veterans Sunday, our last youth rally of the year. And then uh, the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, we're going to have our Thanksgiving testimony service. And how many of you would raise your hand that were here for that that would say, everybody needs to come to that? It was an awesome service. We left encouraged. People cried. We praised God together. It was just a great time. And I want to encourage you to mark that Tuesday night off on your calendar, uh, the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. And then we're going to uh, Christmas Eve this year. Christmas is on a Wednesday. Christmas Eve is on a Tuesday. And so I know we did everything together this year for Christmas. This year we're going to have Christmas at Southwest um, the Sunday before Christmas, but we're going to save the candlelight for Tuesday night. And uh, with that, I understand people have family time and all those things. We are not looking to cut into that, but we're going to come here um, possibly around 6, 6 o'clock on Christmas Eve, have a, can a short candlelight service, praise God together for a few moments, and that'll be our midweek service on Christmas week that Tuesday night, Okay. And then into the year celebration, our New Year's Eve service uh, will be the following Tuesday night. That'll be a midweek service for that week as well. All right? And I encourage you to hold on to these calendars, and uh, we'll keep these in the, the rack as well. We'll keep uh, one displayed there on the table, and if there are any changes, we will make you aware of that. I told you it'd be a short service, but we're pretty much full-time right now, okay? But as we look at that calendar, there's a lot of things. It's busy. Um, a lot of things to mark down and be ready for, uh, but I want to assure you tonight, every single one of those things, every preacher we're having coming in, um, every special activity, every emphasis day, everything we're doing for the children all the way up, has been prayed over and thought through, and all is done with those intentions that we brought up many times to you. And so as we have our calendar for the year, as we, as we have that Bible study uh, help there for you, if you want to take advantage of that, um, more important than those things, I want to encourage you to meditate on Joshua chapter 24 in that story. I'm hoping here in a few weeks we're going to have a few signs here for you that we can see those three verses we talked about this morning. Recognize, decide, and remember. We have a very good God, don't we? We're saved. We've been redeemed by his blood. He's done so many things beyond salvation for us. And I want to encourage you every day, recognize your God. Recognize the blessings you have in him. Recognize the benefits you have because of him. Every day, acknowledge that. And then as we recognize who he is, I believe it's a little easier to make that daily decision to serve him.
Um, you know, those people in your life that don't treat you good, those people that say they love you or expect you to love them, they don't treat you good, sometimes it's hard to do something for them, isn't it? Am I right? Sometimes it's hard to treat people right that don't treat you right. But then those people that treat you right, those people that love you and are there for you and encourage you and help you, it's a lot easier doing something for those people, isn't it? So as we look to our God and we recognize who he is, we acknowledge what he's done, we acknowledge his goodness, when we're aware of that, we should be more motivated and, and be in a better position to decide to serve him. Amen? Make that decision. Make it today. Make it every day the rest of your life. And then remember it. Set things in place in your life to remember what's been done for you, to remember the decision, the commitment that you made. Your life is no longer your own. It's not your own. Don't forget it. There's a lot to get done for God. I got got a story here real quick. We're done, okay? This farmer hired a man to work for him. He needed some help around the farm. He asked this man to, first of all, paint his barn. He gave him the paint. He gave him the brush. He said, it should take you about a week. This man said, yes, sir. He took the, took the brush, took the bucket. He was done in two days. The hired man was, was pretty impressive to that farmer. He said, well, I got another job for you. He said, I, I need some woodcut. This should take you about, about, about four or five days. And he gave the man the axe. He took, showed him where the wood was, and that, that guy had it done in three. He gave him task after task, things that would have taken him a, a very long time that this man was getting done in half the time. And another day he looked at him and he wanted him to uh, sort out a large pile of potatoes. He was supposed to grab the potatoes. He was supposed to have three different piles, potatoes for seeding, potatoes to feed the hogs, and potatoes that were good enough to sell or to eat in the house. And he said, there's the pile of potatoes. Get the job done. Make the three piles. He said, it's a small job. should take you just a few hours. And he Left a man there at the beginning of the day. At the end of the day, the man had barely touched the potatoes. There was a couple in this pile, a couple in this pile, a couple in that pile. And he, he looked at him and said, what is the matter here? You're a working machine, and you don't have this done. What have you been doing? And that man looked at him. He says, I'm a hard worker, but I can't make decisions. He, he couldn't decide what potato goes in, in each pile. And there's some people you may know like that. There's a lot that we need to get done for God. We look, at, we look at our life, we look at all the things that our schedule brings to us, and what we need to do as Christians is decide to serve God above everything else. Decide what you're going to do today is you're going to read your Bible, you're going to pray, you're going to live for Him, you're going you're to have a good influence on people. Decide that. Decide to be a witness, decide to do it. Decide personally, decide in your family, decide in this church to do what it is God wants you to do. And once that direction is set, once that decision is made, you can, we can accomplish great things for him. There's great things in store. There's, there's great things that can happen in your life personally this year in your relationship with the Lord and in others. But you have to make a decision. What will you decide? Every head bowed, every eye closed.